0: I think what a joy it is to be alive, and I wonder if I'll ever leap inward to the root of this flesh and know myself as once I was. The root is there, whether any act of mine can find it that remains tangled in the future. But all things a man can do are mine, any act of mine may do it. The Gola Speaks, Aliyah's Commentary Welcome to Reading Dune, a podcast where we read Dune by Frank Herbert and talk about it. If you're a Fremen or a first-time reader, this podcast is for you. My
1: name is Caleb Pauls. And I'm Evan Diaz. And together, we're going to read some Dune. Yeah, we are. Hey, you got the whole thing right that time, even though you were laughing.
0: <laughs> My wife is like, right... Out of my like eye vision as she's walking out the door and she's just mimicking me (laughs) saying the words as I put on my quote unquote podcast voice. Right. (laughs) When I start.
1: She's heard every Dune intro ever.
0: Uh, Yes, because we only have like one room, shared room in the house where we do everything. So since even the beginning, since like chapter one in Dune, she's heard it all. (laughs) <laughs> it's so funny she's a, she she's a big fan of the movie so it's i mean it's a win-win in my book yeah hey that's it all right we made it to the falling moon chapter yeah um first i'm gonna get you evan you just finished the chapter what are you what are you thinking what's
1: happening what's going on in your head um I'm thinking chapters like this are like the reason I'm glad we're going through this together because otherwise I would read this and be like what the hell was that like what is <laughs> like I literally I was like conf- so confused at at sometimes at, at at certain points I was like this chapter feels like i'm having a stroke
0: um yes yeah that's an accurate feeling um because paul is tripping balls for most of this
1: right and i had to just like go back and reread certain things and there's like a bunch of really big words that i was like "Uh uh-huh you know (laughs) welcome to dune (laughs) yeah this this chapter was very duney and very uh made me made me feel not very intelligent. <laughs> Hopefully by the end of this, we're going to get your take on what do you
0: think the vision of the falling moon means? Oh God. Okay. That's where we're going. Um, yes. Andrew Floyd says on YouTube, I think we said this on the discord, but this book benefits from multiple readings and this chapter is just one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So this is we're gonna we're just gonna dive in. Um, just real quick plug you can get your merch. I've seen people with mugs and hats. I've seen a couple shirts, they look great. Uh, you can get some at readingdune.com. Also, if you want to give the podcast five stars, and if you haven't already, this is now your time.
1: This is your this is, this is your uh, moment. The sign you've been waiting for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to give our podcast
0: five stars. Ooh! falling forever okay yeah all right there it is there's the there's there's the stuff um all right i want to dig into this quote up front because it's Aaliyah's commentary on and i think this is this probably happened in their our last chapter when they're like flying together having that conversation and he and hate is like pondering life Hmm. um when you read it Evan, what did you think? As he pulls his book out, thumbs back to the beginning of the chapter.
1: <laughs> I love when you narrate my movements because I forget that some people just listen to this. Uh, I was confused right from, right from the quote Bam. because it's like the Gola speaks. Yeah, okay, I can... But then it says Aaliyah's commentary and I was like, wait, what is it? The Gola speaking. Is it Aaliyah speaking? Is it? It's Aaliyah uh, speaking about hate speaking about hate speaking. That's that's too much. See, okay. Now we're just being confusing for the sake of it. <laughs> okay. So what hate is saying,
0: right? He's like happy to be alive again. Right. But he wonders if he can ever there's so he wants to know who he is. That's right. How- that existential crisis. Who am I? Yeah. Am am I the person they programmed me to be? Am I Duncan? I'm having weird memories, which it pops up in this chapter. He talks about him having quote unquote visions. Right. And he like wonders, like he can do everything that a regular man can do. And maybe any of those small actions, maybe it's the way he plays with the sword or may he makes love, or maybe it's the way that, he puts his ponytail up or that will cause something to happen and he'll remember everything. Right.
1: He'll snap back into being Duncan Idaho.
0: Yeah. That's what he's like. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what happened. Maybe who knows? So that's what, because again, even in this chapter, Paul is like looking for Duncan. When he shows up, he's we're looking where you're in there somewhere, but where are you? Right. Right which will be a common theme
1: for hate. We're looking, is Duncan in there somewhere? Right. I wanted to ask the question, like, is that a thing? Can that happen? But then I don't know that I want that answer.
0: I don't know. if I'm going to give you an answer to that question.
1: Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. So
0: this chapter starts with Paul laying down, completely entranced, high out of his mind, tripping balls on melange <laughs> cool he's taking an ungodly amount at this time um there's probably a couple reasons he's doing this he's probably kind of a stress. he's had a couple weird days he's contemplating how do you kill a god and he's gotta he's gotta go he's gotta see something so he takes an ungodly amount And he's laying on his bed. He's deep inside his ocular trance. And this is what he sees. Paul saw the moon become an elongated sphere. Whoop. It twist and it rolled and twisted. Hissing. The terrible hissing of a star being quenched into an infinite sea. And then down, down down like a ball thrown by a child and then it was gone the moon had not set it was gone there was no moon everything around him quaked terror swept over him and then pop he jerks upright his eyes are wide open but he's still half in the trance but he's like half in and half out yeah that's our, our little little quote there, our little passage. That's the first thing. So what, what when you read that, what did you think?
1: I thought I'm confused. <laughs> no, I um I mean I was trying to picture it, right? Like right. There's so much imagery happening and like the moon become an elongated sphere, like a football like for, like I was just picturing trippiness there's no like right way to imagine this I feel like you know because it's just trippy and he, then he's like wakes up and the, the moon is like being all warbly and warpy because he's tripping out and then suddenly it falls whoa.
0: and then it's gone and then he wakes up
1: you know yeah
0: yeah now here's the question and I think I need to clarify this right up front. Evan, when we look back at Paul's visions, how are they how have they worked?
1: Oh, that's feels like a big question. I mean, he sees he sees the future, but there's like ups and downs. Is that what you're talking about? Like there's right, right. hidden sees- parts and visible parts and Right, and so... But, but it's like the, the future, like the actual real reality future, not... Or a possible future. Yeah.
0: It's not symbolism. Sometimes it's symbolism.
1: Yeah. This but, feels more like a dream.
0: Yeah. When I, like, he'll have visions of, like, knowing the guild is up there. Right. Right? Or visions of Aaliyah... Being born, even though she's still in the womb. Yeah. Or visions of Duncan uh, with the Fremen, or with mm-hmm. them, even though he's it's not a reality. Yeah. Um. So when I read this, this, this was, and even the last chapter, we got a vision of him with Hitler, or as Hitler. So he's going backwards. So I'm just trying to understand how this works. So the moon becoming a long-dated sphere, it rolled and twisted, it hissed terrible hissing i'm thinking black hole like if like the moon had not set it was gone there was no moon it wasn't like a moon had crashed into the planet and there was remnants right there's nothing and i mean eventually our moon will do the same right right just fall out of orbit right Uh, eventually our planet won't be a thing yeah. In a billion trillion quadrillion trillion, lillion years, or <laughs> like right? Like eventually these things will happen. So, and you're right with the visions. He see, he doesn't he sees some things, but not all things. There's like mountains and valleys. So, when I'm reading this, I'm maybe there's there's two ways we can look at it. There's the literal interpretation, and then there's the symbolism that we're gonna wrestle with, right? Because the moon is very, very particular in Dune.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How many moons are there? Two, right? Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, big one is is called the Hand of God. Yeah. Because it's got the big like handprint. And the second one has a... Um, the little mouse. The little mouse on it. Yeah. yeah. Which is Muhadib. Right. So we already got Muhadib imagery in here with the moon moon
1: is set moon falls moon is gone but it is imagery it is like dream interpretation land not a vision of the real future
0: I that's where I don't know what we're gonna discover on our own but okay again all right I don't have an answer here I'm nervous for this chapter <laughs> because there's so much here so i'm going to try to get it all in and where i think we might be going and we'll right. discover how wrong i am when you guys email us at gmail.com <laughs> all the hate mail about how Caleb you mess everything up and i wish you wouldn't have never started this podcast to begin with so here we are oh yeah, hey right. so hey terror, yourself <laughs> terror sweeps over him paul jerked upright his eyes are open he's still half in a trance but he's starting to see the room around him. But inwardly, he's watching the moon fall, 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 out, out. He could see the room around him. There was light from the noonday sun that entered the grill works. He could smell the sweet odors of the garden roof. But inward, it was just blackness, moonless blackness. So Paul's like, okay, like, you know the feeling, feeling like you're falling even though you're not falling. Yeah, you ever had that happen to you? Yeah, it's like something weird with the inner ear, but like it feels like yeah. I'm I'm imagining it's like that, but when he goes to inward, it's just
1: black falling.
0: Yeah, he's like I need another sort of sense, <laughs> so he swings his feet right onto the cold surface of the floor, and he pi- peers, looks through the grillworks, and sees the inner city out in front of him. He sees footbridges, pools, fountains. Filled with water flowers.
1: Yeah. Every time they describe the city in this book, it feels so wrong. Oh, they're describing so many, like just not Fremen things. Right now. This is just the inner city. We're still
0: inside Paul's keep. Right. 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 Remember when Farouk said like, Oh, Paul and Chani are nomads inside the keep, just passing from room to room. Yeah. The keep is so big, they can do that. Yeah. So everything we're seeing now is still in his keep, and we're going to get some... He's going to show us how big this is. It's huge. Yeah. All right. But Paul's not done with his high yet. (laughs) The spices still consumed him, and all he can think about is this vision of this lost moon. So he'd purposefully taken a massive a dose of spice essence. Why? To penetrate or to, yeah, to throw mud up by the tarot. All it showed him was a fallen moon. So he took the he did the tarot cards, he saw a falling moon or the cards popped up. He said, Screw this, takes a huge dose of spice, muddies up everything for everybody, and all he sees is this falling moon. Okay. So, nobody, if you're in Prescience, can see anything now, because everything's just
1: blah. Okay, okay. now I'm confused. Um, Because, okay, it says, it had taken a massive dose of the spice essence to penetrate the mud thrown up by the tarot. So it's like, it's that in Prescience-like, people reading the tarot or just like the existence of the tarot made things messy. So you had to take a bunch of spice to like get through that to see clearly. I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But
0: but all he saw was a falling moon tripping balls. Right. Okay. Okay. It's like, Oh crap. That was not helpful. Right. Whatsoever. He knew what he needed to do. What he needed to do from the beginning to end the jihad, to silence the volcano of butchery. And he needed to discredit himself. That's what he needed to do from the very get-go. As soon as he got to Dune, discredit himself, end the jihad, call it over, just stop. Disengage, disengage, disengage. (laughs) The smell of flowers on the roof garden reminded him of his beloved, beloved, Chani. He longed for her arms right now. What would Chani say about this dream? what should she say to her? What? what should, I'm sorry. Now my notes are all weird. Uh, what would she say, right? If he had this, if he had a particular death in mind, mm. knowing what will come, why not choose an aristocrat's death? Okay. He's he's already thinking, well, if I'm going to end, how do I end this thing? How do I die? How does this work? Because if we think all the way back to Saitel, um, Cytale, mm-hmm. Saitel's big, big thesis—he's hinging all of this—is that a creature would rather kill themselves than change or realize they've like they've become something they're not, and they would rather just kill themselves. So that's what he's kind of thinking. Why not just trues in Ariskatrat's death, end on top, just do it. Paul's mind was still focused on the moon. The moon. Where is that moon? Paul remembered what Aaliyah had said about the young woman found in the dunes. Everything fitted a pattern. You do not take from this universe, he thought. It grants what it will. Paul got up and picked up a conch shell from the seas of Mother Earth. He felt it in his hands, smooth, smooth its surface reflected the light of the moon. He looked up at the garden and saw a rainbow from the dust shining in the distance. Evan,
1: when you think you want conch conscious. Yeah. Okay. What is it? It's those big, uh, swirly spiky shell boys that you, uh, find on the beach or more likely see in movies. Is there any certain like movie that it reminds you of? Uh, right off the top of my head, Moana. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, Moana. I was thinking Lord of the Flies. That, that also. Piggy. I'm, I, I in my brain, Lord of the Flies is a book, not a movie. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like didn't think of that right away. But yeah, yeah.
0: when Piggy has the conch. Oh, Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, um, when you put a conch up to your ear, what
1: happens? You hear the ocean; it's real cute. Which on Arrakis is uh, f- f- like fairy tale. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: that's mystical right there. Right. So, and this conch had come from Earth,
1: so hmm. it's got to be
0: like a relic beyond all everything.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of kind of like Earth talk in this in this chapter.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. He looks up and sees a rainbow in the dust. The dust has risen and like light reflects off of it and forms a rainbow, which is a true thing that actually happens. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. That's cool.
0: He puts down the conch, moves to the balcony. And he's thinking about every moon reference he can think of. So now he's like, I don't know what's happening. Is this symbolism? The, he remembered the Fremen call themselves children of the moon which is right. They do everything under the moon because why go out in the sun when you can do everything in moonlight. Right. Right. So there, but he was still in the deep thralls of spice in front of him. He gazed at the inner city with its government buildings and people moving on the roofs. I'm imagining like just these huge immaculate pure bureaucratic buildings that were built. Right. For the, to hold ministers of this and that, right? It's just these (laughs) giant buildings for
1: all this stuff. And it's like noon. Like people are just walking around doing stuff at noon. I mean, they got water and fountains everywhere. I guess they can do what they want. That's true. Again. Again, it just feels wrong. Like it feels not Fremen and not Arrakis, you know? I don't know. Yeah. The moon falls.
0: And it's gone.
1: This is like, this is like the, uh, they have taken the life of my, uh, they have tried to take the life of my son. (laughs) It does kind of feel similar. It just keeps going, he keeps saying the same thing. Back and forth, back and forth. Or it's like, the moon, (laughs) the moon. The moon.
0: Paul walked along the balcony looking over the suburbs with Aaliyah's temple dominating the foreground. Green and black hanging, hangings displayed the symbol of Muhadib. So she has her own temple there. Green would be the, Atre- the Atreides. The mm-hmm. green and white banner. Green and black is kind of different. Um, green is also the color for not only the Atreides, but it's a Fremen color for what? when chani died oh no no when kynes died chani had a kerchief tied to her that was a certain color hmm. it was a green one and it was for mourning oh you wear green to mourn so it's funny that the at- the atreides empire is green and like you had mentioned seeing the difference of the fremen we're almost mourning the fremen at this point like, right. they're, they're not there. What we know are Fremen are, are right. not there. It's gone. It's just
1: completely different. Yeah. Yeah. A falling moon.
0: <laughs> it's just stuck in his head, right? Right. He passes a hand across his forehead and eyes. He hates this city. Everything about this city, he just hates. He knew which path his feet must follow, he'd seen it enough times. He thought himself the inventor of government but the invention had fallen into the old patterns. Shape it how you want, but relax for a moment. It snaps back into the ancient forms. The moon fell.
1: (laughs) Thank
0: you. The metropolis in front of him was an aurora of monstrositous imperial barbarity. Like, This just imposing upon not the people, the planet, the empire. This thing is so big and probably empty. Yeah. And it's just, what are we doing? What are we doing here? What is this all for? A moon. Deep back in his head. A moon. (laughs) A moon. Frustration just tangles him. He's just like in knots. He felt the pressure of the mass unconsciousness that sweeps humankind across the universe. He sensed the vast migrations at work in human affairs. If eddies and currents and gene flows, no dams of abstinence could stop it. All right. I just want to pause right there. If you've read beyond this little book, you know exactly what that scene is talking about. Um... If you get to books four, and five, and six, we know exactly how this all works, this feeling. And Paul is, Paul is looking at it right here, right now. He's tripping and he's watching something happen 6,000, 8,000 years in the future of what's happening to mankind that mm. it cannot be stopped That's why I went back to the very beginning. Like, Is he seeing real things? Is he seeing symbolism? This one, what he's seeing is real. He's seeing how deep inside his his mass unconscious is pushing towards this, this thing. Mankind sweeping throughout the universe and no dams, nothing can stop it. The genes must flow and intermingle and do what they want. And it's just pushing it. So, yes. And then he realizes that the jihad or muhadib was less than the blink of an eye compared to this large movement of humanity. Like, every, all the colossal things he's done is nothing in compared to what's coming. Hmm. Visions of the fallen moon can be measured against other legends. Other visions in a universe, you know, where e- eternal stars waned, flickered, died. But what did a single moon matter in the grand scheme of all things? Far below him, he heard a song, the song of the jihad, a lament for a woman left behind on a ruckus. So this is probably a, a war song sung by, you know, the Fadaikan or the Fremen warriors off on some other planet that's full yeah. of water, right? Who left their woman back home. Her hips are, are dunes curved by the wind. That's romantic. Her eyes shone like the summer heat. Two braids of hair hang down her back. Rich with water rings her hair. My hands remember her skin. Fragrant as amber, flower-scented. I would tremble with memories.
1: I am stricken by love's white flame. Yeah, this this also, like, reeks of translated music, you know what I mean? Like, like it's in a different language, and they just, like, translated it to English. Uh Uh-huh.
0: The song sickened Paul. (laughs) Might as well sing a song to the corpse in the dunes. Burn. Ugh. <laughs> so he's out there chilling, and all of a sudden, he, a figure moves in the shadows. Who is it? Hate. Hate. Paul wheels around, and the gola emerges, his metal eyes glittering in the sun. So Paul asks straight away, is this Duncan Idaho or Hate the Goa came closer to saying, the Goa came closer saying, which would my Lord prefer? Paul says the Goa should play the Zensuni. The Goa observes and says, my Lord is trouble. So Paul was like, all right, I'm having riddles in my head. I can't understand about the stupid falling moon. (laughs) Um, I need somebody to just play this back for me real quick. Like I'm an idiot. So here we go. Paul looks away to the shield wall where he blew a hole in it. You know, where the sandworms walked through and right. ate Sardaukar for breakfast. <laughs> so Hate asks again, What troubles, my lord? Paul says, A vision. Hate responds, Ah, when the Tleilaxu first awakened me, I had visions. I was restless, lonely. My visions revealed nothing. The, the Tleilaxu told me it was an intrusion of the flesh which made men and goa suffer, a sickness. No more. Hates hey, like, yeah, we all have visions. Don't worry about it. You're fine. Just keep right. going as normal. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Paul turned and deeply looked in the steely, expressionless eyes, wondering what visions did those eyes see? Right. So Paul's like, wait, what? You have visions? Like, I know I'm the quizzer at Chatterack and I have visions, but you should not be having visions. So Paul just whispers. Duncan, Duncan. Almost like he's trying to call it out of him. Like, come on, come on. I am called hate. Paul's like, okay. I saw a moon fall. It was gone, destroyed. I heard a great hissing. The earth shook. Paul just, or no, hate's just like, eh, you took a big hit of spice, man. You're probably just a little drunk like you're 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 seeing things just go to bed paul asks hate to do his mentat computations on the vision of the following moon hate says that paul is not living in the here and now and this is just a symbol which is very true he's not living in the here and now he's a million other places hate tells paul you've digested so much time you have delusions of immortality even your empire my lord must live its time and die. Right. Which I mean if again hate's job is to destroy paul he's doing a great job like you know what your empire's going to die you might as well just have it happen. Right. Like if mm. if a guy's on the edge about to jump off a bridge and they call the like the FBI negotiators to come in hate's not the guy you want on the other line. <laughs> People are like, just do it, bro. Like, everyone might, dies. as well go for it. <laughs> Paul gets angry at this saying as he's heard enough sad histories of gods and messiahs. He doesn't need special powers to know that. Paul just shook his head. <clears throat> the moon fell. Hate and Paul now bickers and Sunni sayings back and forth in one another. <laughs> <laughs> Till Paul rages at hate, asking him, what do you know about prescience? Like, bro, like what do you know? What how tell me? Hate says he's seen the oracle at at work. But those he has seen seeking signs do it for their own individual destiny. They fear what they seek. So Hate's like, you know you're only looking for the things you don't want to see, right? Like the things you fear the most. Mm-hmm. That's what so that's what you're gonna see. What do you think? Uh Paul fears to see the most what do you think he doesn't want to happen
1: he doesn't want Chani to die oh bingo right there's only one person he really cares
0: about in this universe right right. So, it's right. so the only thing really keeps him grounded what he doesn't want to happen great answer perfect Paul, still in his own head, just whispers, My moon, my falling moon is real. It moves. It moves. Hate continues his little monologue here. Men always fear things which move by themselves. You fear. I mean, fair enough. Like Roomba. I can't stand <laughs> that thing. How does it move by itself?
1: <laughs> Roomba. <laughs> <laughs> I really do hate my
0: Roomba though like it always goes off on the most inopportune times right maybe because I just work from home all the time now so I'm always home it'd be much better if I went to an office and I didn't know when it was doing its job I understand they can be useful I just have a vendetta against my Roomba it's unnatural,
1: it's the unnatural. Roomba.
0: <laughs> Edward Morris on, on YouTube says the Roomba Jihad yes
1: the Roomba Yeehaw for sure. <laughs> it's
0: like the Butlerian Jihad with, with just Roombas. Oh my gosh, that the terror. All right, hate continues. <laughs> All right, men fear things which move by themselves. You fear your own powers. Things fall into your head from nowhere. When they fall out, where do they go? So he's basically saying, like, bro, your powers are weird. Do you even trust the visions you're even seeing? Like, can you be can you even trust them? I think it's a fair question, but it feels leading Mm -hmm. for him at this point. Paul just growls at the goa, You comfort me with thorns. Something happened inside the goa, his face changed when a snap for a moment he became pure Duncan Idaho. He said. I give I give you what comfort I can.
1: Yeah. Hate becomes Duncan for a second and goes, dude. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I'm trying to help, dude. <laughs> it's okay, man. <laughs> Paul
0: wondered what had happened. Was it a momentary spasm? Was it controlled? Was it grief related? Like, what's happening here? What? What? Duncan, are you still there? Paul just whispers, my moon has a name. Then he went back into his vision. Whoop, here we go. He was afraid to speak, fearful his voice might betray him. The air of this terrifying future was thick with Chani's absence. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) Flesh that he cried in ecstasy. Eyes burned him with desire. Everything gone, back into the water and sand. Bye, Johnny. Slowly, she gonna die. Paul opened his eyes and turned toward the plaza before Aliyah's temple. There, he watched three bald pilgrims with yellow little robes scurry across the plaza till they were gone. Gone, just like his moon would be. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> No, Muhadib Uh, (laughs) The vision still fresh fresh in front of his mind Its terrible purpose gave him no choice The flesh surrenders itself, he thought Eternity takes back its own Our bodies stirred these waters briefly Danced with certain intoxication before the love of life and self It dealt with a few strange ideas Then submitted to the instruments of time What can I say all of this? I occurred. I am not.
1: Yet I occurred. What? And that's it. That's it. That's the end of the chapter. That's it. That's it. Okay. It must must be exhausting to to have Paul's brain. Oh, man. I'm exhausted just reading it. Like, crap, bro. Like, even before, like, without the powers, just (laughs) (laughs) thinking like this, it's like, uh the next line in my notes just says end.
0: And <laughs> I was like, wait, we're done? That's it? Yeah, that's it. Um so we're just gonna like oh my gosh, there's so much here. Let's talk about the moon. What do you think the moon falling means?
1: I know. I mean, I'm still I'm still wrestling with like, is it an actual thing that he's seeing or is it some kind of Symbolic dream type situation. He says the literal, literal words, My falling moon is real. Right. Does that mean that it's like a vision of future reality? Does it mean that the falling moon represents Chani in her absence? Like this big, gigantic thing that's just a part of life is suddenly going to disappear
0: yeah is it the falling moon is muhadib in his kingdom right that will fall and
1: end into forever um or is the actual moon going to fall out of orbit and disappear
0: right and he's he this point in time he's like and he we know that he's seen I know at least that he's going like 6,000 years in the future to see certain events. Like he's seeing certain things and glimpses of futures. Right. And one of them, the moon fell, right? A black hole game or something. And it like elongated and tripped and disappeared. And he's falling into blackness. That is nothing. And he is alone. And there's all of this stuff that's happening and he's just messed it all up. And hate's not really doing any help <laughs> here at all. I don't what do you, what what do you think about Hate in this chapter?
1: I can't I okay, I don't know what happens. The idea that I am reading along chapter by chapter. It's not a gimmick, that's actually what's happening. So I have <laughs> no idea what Hate is going to do. I still can't tell if he has these like Ulterior motives or if he is just the way that he is or if he's trying to pull something or if he just existing is somebody pulling something, you know, like I just can't tell. He just is programmed kind of to be the way he is. And because of that, he has these interactions with Paul and with Aaliyah and with other people. And I'm like, is he actively trying to mess up Paul's life? or is he just there being himself and that's kind of messing up Paul's life? I have no idea. Yeah. He's also probably one of the only people the Atreides can talk to.
0: Right. He's all of a sudden become their counselor. Right. Like I'll just sit here and listen and spit Zen Sunni sayings back and back to you. Cause that's the only thing that's going to make sense. Well, that's the only thing he knows how to,
1: how to do. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's so much here. Um, I'm glad you caught it. Like, yeah. What if, because there are two moons on Dune. What if he is the big moon and Johnny is a small moon and now the small moon is gone. Like right. what if the small moon again is his, his empire falling and it's inevitable. And that's where we're kind of getting to. He's like, he's seeing, he's looked so far into the future that eventually it doesn't mean anything. Nothing yeah. he does actually matters just like we could say uh who's who's a big ruler in the past uh we made the 300 reference um to Xerxes
1: yeah Xerxes yeah
0: right we can look back he Xerxes thought he was the god among in his time with his empire here in 2022 like eh okay I I don't know if he had that much of effect on society right you look more at how the British redrew border lines in right. the 1900s after World War One has probably more effect right now on our modern life than he did. So it's like yeah. you look at he Paul is looking at this in inevitability, and it's probably not doing real well. He's probably not doing really hot in general because he hates everything. Everything he looks at in his empire, he hates. Yeah from the colors of the banners to how big everything is, to what he has to do to maintain appearances with the guards and everything. And so it's, he's just not doing too hot at the moment and decided to
1: take an ungodly amount of spice to try to work it out, but it didn't help. (laughs) And hate walks in. Paul turns around and says, dude, I'm straight up not having a good time. <laughs> this was supposed to
0: help. This is a bad trip. <laughs> Talk me through it, bro. And Nate's <laughs> like, just jump. It's okay. <laughs> no one will miss you. Stop. What are you doing? What's happening? What's happening? What's yeah. happening? And all he can think about is one day Chani won't be there. And it makes it even more sad. So, we'll see what Paul does next after this existential crisis that everything will die, including his bride, or sorry, concubine. They're not technically married; they're just love of the wife.
1: Yeah, where's so, my where's my worm? Is <laughs> your comfort I need, worm? <laughs> I need my emotional support worm after this chapter.
0: <sighs> uh, well, yeah. Uh, that's the chapter. That's reading Dune Messiah, everybody. Right chapter 11 with the Fallen Moon. I There's so much. People are talking in Discord about it um, on all the things they're seeing. Um, Quality Monster Willie had a great take um, on Discord talking about how since Paul is a Mentat, uh, he, he's getting bad information and not seeing everything, so he's not seeing consequences to his actions because things are purposefully being hidden so he's just wrestling to try to figure all this out and it it doesn't help him Um, but I think he's now resolute at the end that we're going to make sure that Johnny doesn't die because that would suck so yeah water on fire 19 says I would buy an emotional support worm yeah I feel you on that. It's over here. Hold up, It's somewhere. Uh, if you want to support the show, Patreon.com/slash Reading Dune. Follow us on Twitter. Stay spicy, everybody! And oh, and if you're watching on YouTube, here's Evan with his oh, teeth oh. fell out. <laughs> emotional support worm. Well, it's an old grandpa worm. They got <laughs> they all got taken for Chris knives. Yeah, <laughs> They're
1: just hanging out. There you go. Oh, there we
0: go. Put them all... Yeah, put the teeth back in. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for uh, reading Dune with us today, and we'll see you in the next chapter. Yeah! Peace! Peace, my friends. Peace.